NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by High V, as we continue our fourth season of giving IndyCar fans a behind-the-scenes look at the NTT IndyCar Series and the drivers that compete in the Indianapolis 500. Our friends from High V are back, serving as a presenting sponsor of Pit Pass Indy this month. Beginning in March, our friends from Penske Truck Rental return for most of 2024. Penske Truck Rental and Hy-Vee will share the show in April and June of 2024, gearing up to one of the highlights of the season, the Hy-Vee IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway, July 12th through the 14th. This year's schedule includes a night race at Iowa Speedway on Saturday, July 13th, with another full race scheduled for Sunday, July 14th. Four of the biggest names in entertainment will perform before and after each race, including Luke Combs, Eric Church, Kelsey Ballerini, and Post Malone. Combs will perform on the High V stage on Saturday, July 13th, before the first NTT IndyCar Series race of the unique doubleheader weekend for 90 minutes. After the Saturday race, Eric Church takes over on the High V stage for another 90-minute concert. Another country music star, Kelsey Ballerini, will perform a one-hour concert following the race on Sunday, July 14th. Post Malone will bring the house down when he rocks the stage after Ballerini's performance for another 90-minute concert to wrap up the High V IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway. It will be the first time the famed entertainer has performed in Central Iowa. The start of the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season is the March 10th Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, and teams are using the next few weeks to prepare for the start of the season. Our guest on today's show is Pietro Fittipaldi, who joins Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in the IndyCar Series as the driver of the number 30 Honda. Fittipaldi is the grandson of two-time Formula One world champion, two-time Indianapolis 500 winner, and kart IndyCar champion Emerson Fittipaldi. Pietro Fittipaldi joins me later in the show. But first, some news. Pit Pass Indy would like to congratulate NASCAR team owner Rick Hendrick for winning his ninth Daytona 500 on February 19th. 26-year-old driver William Byron survived two crashes to take the checkered flag in the rain-rescheduled 66th Daytona 500 on Monday night, February 19th. The victory came on the 40th anniversary to the day that Hendrick Motorsports competed in its first NASCAR race, 
1984 Daytona 500. Also, a shout-out to Team Penske as Joey Logano gave team owner Roger Penske his first poll in the Daytona 500 on February 14th. Logano led the most laps in the Daytona 500 when the number 22 Shell Pennzoil Chevrolet was in front five times for 45 laps, but was taken out of the race in a 23-car crash in turn three with eight laps left in the 200-lap 500-mile race. Back to IndyCar news. On February 14th, Big Machine Music City Grand Prix promoter Scott Borchetta and IndyCar announced the final race of the season. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, the weekend of September 15th, has been moved from the streets of downtown Nashville to Nashville Super Speedway, a 1.33-mile oval located about 45 minutes from Nashville. The race has been moved because of construction for a new stadium for the Tennessee Titans of the National Football League. It is being built adjacent to the current Nissan Stadium where the Titans play now, so the course had to be moved to downtown Nashville. Borchetta indicated the city of Nashville would not consider permits for using the extra downtown streets until the end of April. Also, the NFL won't reveal its schedule until the end of May, and if the Titans are playing a home game that weekend, the race would not be able to take place because of logistical issues. So this year's NTT IndyCar Series championship race will be contested on an oval, which comes to great news to many of IndyCar's oval fans. Nashville Super Speedway hosted IndyCar races from 2003 to 2008. Scott Dixon won three straight on the concrete oval from 2006 to 2008. Borchetta said many of the downtown events for the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix will continue, such as a pit stop contest on Broadway Avenue, along with roof and street parties throughout the weekend, as well as helicopter shuttles that will connect downtown Nashville with Nashville Super Speedway in Lebanon, Tennessee. Sounds like an ambitious plan, but the addition of another oval to the IndyCar schedule means six of the final seven races will be a battle of the ovals. That stretch kicks off at the Hy-Vee IndyCar Race Weekend at Iowa Speedway, July 12th through the 14th. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck 
Whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by hy V. Now, let's get to know Pietro Fittipaldi, the driver of the number 30 Honda at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pietro Fittipaldi, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, driver of the number 30 Honda. You're back in the NTT IndyCar Series. You were part of it a couple of years ago, but you had some injuries from another crash that prevented you from a full-time effort in IndyCar. But now you're back with Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, a chance to do IndyCar again, come from one of the great racing families in international racing so what's your attitude, your outlook heading into your first full season of IndyCar competition in 2024? Well, first, I'm extremely, you know, excited for this opportunity. It's something I've been wanting to do, to race an IndyCar full-time. It's one of the most competitive racing series in the world. And I love IndyCar racing. I, I love oval racing. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the goals this year is... Uh, I, it's going to be a challenge because, you know, IndyCar is, is very competitive. There's there's limited testing. So I'm only going to have two test days before the first race. And there's a lot of tracks that I don't know. Uh, but the goal is, is always to win. I mean, as a racing driver, you have to try to win uh, every race you compete in. Um, and I uh, got to go every weekend, taking it, you know, a step at a time, learning the new tracks that I don't know, gaining experience throughout the race weekend and uh, maximizing every session from practice to qualifying and then the race. And if everything comes together, um, you'll be up there. But for sure, it's uh, it's not going to be easy, and I got to bring bring my best. So how did this deal come together? So I've known Bobby for, you know, many years since I started racing in in IndyCar. And, you know, I've always had the, the ambition of coming back to race IndyCar full-time. So I've always stayed in touch with a lot of the teams. And, you know, I've always stayed in touch with Bobby, and there was an opportunity I was doing well in the World Endurance Championship with with Team Jota, and there were opportunities to uh, to race in the LMDH, uh, you know, for this season, um, which was you know a great opportunity for me. But when I spoke to Bobby, and uh, you know, the opportunity existed. They had great partners on board as well, and the team had the momentum that that they had uh, from the middle to the end of the season. Their race winning team. Um, and you know, with that goal that I've always had of racing IndyCar full time, I said, you know, I can't let this opportunity go. So I, I got to go for it. And, uh, and yeah, and we, we made it happen. So I'm very happy about it. You also still have a relationship with the Haas Formula One team, uh, as far as testing and, and reserve driving. So how will that fit into your schedule? 
Yeah, so we haven't uh, announced or signed yet that you know I'll be continuing as as reserve driver, but you know it's 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 looking good. Um, and if that were to happen, then for sure, you know the team has know that my priority is IndyCar. Um, so uh, you know a lot of the long traveling I was doing last year, I mean that has to it's going to be a lot less this season because I need to focus my energies in, in IndyCar. But the IndyCar season finishes in September, and from September to the end of the Formula One season, there's about eight F1 races. So if you add a, you know, a few races in the middle there, um, you know, I think I'd be able to do half of the, of the F1 season. Um, and then for sure the team will have to have someone else to do, uh, the other half. So the Fittipaldi name is one of the greatest names in international racing. Emerson Fittipaldi, two-time Formula One world champion, two-time Indianapolis 500 winner, former kart champion. If you could just describe the Fittipaldi family lineage and where you fall in everything, because there's, you have famous in-laws too. So if you could just explain to our listeners the family tree, so to speak. Yeah, so uh, starting off the year I was born in 1996 was the final year my grandfather raced because he had a big accident in Michigan and couldn't continue due to his injuries. Um, but I had uh, my uncle, Max Pappas, uh, racing, who is married to my mom's sister. My mom is Emerson's daughter. So uh, that's where that relationship uh, comes from. And uh, Christian Fittipaldi is my mom's cousin. So it's like my second cousin. So I sometimes say, oh, is my uncle just to simplify things? Because second cousin sounds complicated. Um, and then I have my brother uh, Enzo, uh, who is uh, racing as well. Um, and Formula 2 is a Formula 2 race winner, Red Bull Junior driver. And... Um, He's also racing. And then there was Wilson Fittipaldi, who is Emerson's brother. So he's my great uncle, racing F1 as well. So when you look at all the great accomplishments of the Fittipaldi family in racing, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's, you got a lot to live up to. But obviously, you're young, you're talented, you're confident. I'm sure you can, you're up for that challenge. For sure. Um, I mean, people always ask me about the pressure of coming from a racing family. That had so much success, but I think, you know, pressure is a privilege at the end of the day. And uh, to be part of this family that understands so much about racing is, is a huge help. And uh, just got to maximize every opportunity. You know, I think just the results will will speak for themselves and it's got to get myself as ready as I can be and and do the most out of it. But I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and um, yeah, looking forward to get racing. So what was it about IndyCar that was so appealing to you? I just like the kind of the raw sort of racing that there is and the preparation as well. You know, with IndyCar, you go to a test day and you can make a lot of setup changes to the car and see gains and improvement and things that you can carry on to other racetracks and that work that you have with the engineer and the mechanics. Um, it's a lot more uh, uh, like feels like racing routes, you know, um, and I, I like that feeling and I, I love the racing as well. Oval racing is something um, I enjoy very much. When I went from karting to cars, I initially went to NASCAR routes. So I was racing late models in North Carolina, won a track championship at Hickory Motor Speedway. And then I got the opportunity um, to go race in Europe. But I've always had that uh, passion for oval racing as well. So it's like that perfect uh, series for me. Who were some of the drivers you competed against in stock cars that have risen up through the ranks of NASCAR? So there was quite a couple. Um, like, for example, there was... Uh, one kid I was racing a lot called Ben Rhodes. I believe he was racing trucks and um, there's a lot of them because I was watching uh, 
some of the NASCAR races and I don't remember their names now, but like I would watch like the Xfinity and I think one of them made it to cup and I would remember their name. Um, but it was basically 2011 and 2012 racing at, you know, those late model races and a lot in Hickory Motor Speedway. Uh, so I, especially I won a race in 2012 called the Pepsi Fall Brawl. It was like the yeah. biggest race at Hickory. And there was a, a few drivers there that I remember that now are racing in a high level NASCAR. Well, short track racing in NASCAR is pretty much a thrill show into itself. How much fender banging and did you participate in? <laughs> Quite a lot. I was racing for a team called Lee Falk Racing. Uh, so Lee Falk is a team owner together with his son, Michael Falk. And they were always spotting for me. And I remember it would get pretty, pretty aggressive and, and verbal. Uh, the first race I went to go watch at Hickory Motor Speedway before I actually raced there. I just went to go visit and see how it was. Um, there was a late model race. The leader got wrecked by the guy running in second on the final lap. And then after they threw the checkered flag, um, both drivers were getting out of the car. The cars were wrecked. And the guy that got wrecked that was leading got out of his car before the other guy did, climbed up on the uh, nose and on the hood of that guy's car. And as he was climbing out, he like karate chopped him with his legs like downwards while the guy was climbing out of the car. And that was my introduction to Hickory Motor Speedway. <laughs> so... Now, obviously, you got to show a little bit more decorum in an open wheel car because it is a little more risky. There is some risk involved with high speed open wheel cars as opposed to, you know, a full fendered stock car. I remember one thing that Mario Mandretti once said when you drive an open wheel car, you learn how to race with finesse. So, how important is finesse in racing an IndyCar? It's very important because we're fighting for, you know, milliseconds at times, not only on road courses, but on the ovals as well. Um, so it's all about, you know, being in one with the car, maximizing, you know, the every session, but maximizing your driving as well as your setup. And in ovals, it's, you have to have a fast qualifying for car, but you have to have a very good race car and they're two very different things. So some guys, you know, happen to be really fast in qualifying, but then suck in the race. And some guys have a really good race car and climb through the field that, you know, in a race in an oval. So there's a lot of factors that, that play into winning an Indy car race. And in our final question of Pietro Fittipaldi, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing, your grandfather and your uncle both raced against Bobby Ray Hall. So what kind of stories have been shared between the Fittipaldis and the Ray Halls? You know, there were some pretty good battles there when Bobby Ray Hall and Emerson, your grandfather, were racing. And, and Christian, you know, they usually have to beat each other in order to win the race. Yeah, and one of the stories I remember is actually not from them. It's from my so my uncle Max Pappas, Max, I believe, raced. Can't forget about Max. He raced for Bobby. Yes, I believe, huh. and uh, he he raced for Bobby, and I think they raced together when they um when they Max went from last to first at Laguna, and that which was an incredible win, um and and those types of stories. So uh, I get a lot of those stories from from Max, and he was a big part of. Uh, you know, making this all happen with with Bobby and stuff, and uh, and uh, you know, Bobby putting the trust in me and Max as well. So I'm um, very thankful for him. And also the fact is that you know, not only does your Max Pappas have Max Pappas steering wheels, he's also involved with IndyCars in race control. So you've got a lot of people that you can confer with and learn from about the right way to do IndyCar racing. Absolutely. So that's why I said, you know, it's a privilege to be part of a family that, that understands so much about motorsport and uh, just got to, you know, continue to, to make the most out of it. 
Pietro Fittipaldi, good luck in the 2024 IndyCar season with Ray Hall Letterman landing and racing. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, Pietro Fittipaldi, the driver of the number 30 Honda for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests helped make Pit Pass Indy, presented by Hy-Vee, your path to victory lane in IndyCar. And for all your shopping needs, be sure to visit your local Hy-Vee, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.